Disclaimer notification, these are ridiculously early takes and should be taken with a pinch of salt, but Papa needs the project, so you get either content. So what was that? We're back. Yeah, we're back. Yeah. yeah, we are back. It's, it's good to see you. I mean, we, we did see each other, like, last weekend. Well, two weekends ago. That's not the but... illusion, though. The, the illusion is that we live only in this podcast. <laughs> we had a Zoom call yesterday. Don't let people peek behind the curtain. No. No. To see that. Well, that's for the making of our friend Hindsight. All right, I don't think anybody's going to be picking that one up, if I'm honest. <laughs> All right, let's, uh, yeah, well, anyway, I think let's get into it. I can't believe I can't believe they've invited us back to host this prestigious podcast once again. Can you believe it? They chose us too after what happened last season. I know it's it's incredible. Obviously, last season we got shut down a little bit. Unfortunately, I was ruled out for the season with a injury. And when I saw that red exclamation mark above your player on my FPL, oh, I'm sorry, mate. I had to get you out straight away. It was tough when I when I let the gaff know he was really disappointed. But but it's, it's good to know that we actually were yearned at the draft weekend. We had a few comments about when are we going to get the band back together because actually people had time to uh, catch up and uh, have us coming in their ears. And uh, it's, it's nice to meet fans, wasn't it? Oh God, I forgot about that. Yeah, the draft stuff was nice. Yeah, the, what you just said wasn't, but. Uh, it was, yeah, it was nice to to hear the, the positive vibes from it. And also, as the disclaimer said, Papa needs a project. So here we are. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Papi, it's so good to see you. So good to hear you. I can't wait to get the, back on the road with you, so to speak, and uh, dissect and shit on people uh, every f- couple of weeks, every few weeks as we go on with this beautiful yeah. and slightly different season we have ahead of us. Yeah, we, we haven't quite decided exactly how regularly we're going to do them we're going to sort of see what works and go from there so it could be yeah every couple of weeks might be a little bit longer who knows but they they will be regular throughout the season that's that's for sure yeah and until we uh, come to the scandinavian midwife demographic i feel like we still have to keep our day jobs <laughs> yeah i i would like to, uh, hopefully we can get some listeners in scandinavia this year as opposed oh. to just germany and the netherlands that'd be really nice and don't get me wrong, I really not that we don't appreciate you. Yeah, we I love appreciate you, yeah. the loves. You, you midwives in uh, Deutschland and uh, Holland are just fantastic. Uh, my mailbox is full, but it's 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 lovely to uh, be back and talk football. Uh, we have the f- prestigious Premier League, which is finally back. Just to inform any new midwives who have joined us and or Adam Bowler, who's decided to actually take this seriously for once. Uh, this is a ten-man league. Uh, which we play draft fancy football on. So draft is similar to its cousin of fancy football, Premier League football, except for you can only have one of each player. This may be news for some people, so do jot this down. Feel free to grab a pen. 
but that means if someone wants Salah, that means Salah is gone. And that's why we put so much effort into uh, picking the draft order because it really does matter where you come. Eva Canera League is what we are playing for. Uh, the beautiful trophy which stands almost that four foot tall. And uh, you get to keep that baby all year long and have bragging rights. It, it's over five feet tall, but, uh, you know. I half, think it's lost a few pieces. It's lost a few pieces over the year, to be fair. Half right, as one. usual, Miller. <laughs> half, well, yeah, half right, as usual. Got to sound like my uh, father before he went to go some milk. That's uh, a podcast for another day. Miller, Miller moans, as we said before. Uh, <laughs> Papa, Papa, can you hear me? Uh, and just to kind of round this sort of summary off, we do uh, take this very seriously and we are all basically like like we think we are all professionals here uh, but we're also we're also friends and we're also brought together by the man I'm currently talking to uh, once our mutual acquaintance but now we are all very much family uh, apart from the new manager we got at the moment so welcome aboard Rich and uh, welcome back Steph uh, we did say goodbye to Peel last season uh, he chose a different path so uh, good luck to him in his future endeavours but that is kind of basically it. I think I think I've summed that quite nicely. Uh, do stick around. We'll try and indulge you much in our silly little world, which we call a fancy Premier League. And uh, I hope you uh, enjoy the stories we have to tell and the stats we will report. And if anybody does have any information regarding Miller's papa, could you please call in on the regular phone lines and we'll get back to you as soon as we can. Let's just dive straight into it we're going to do a little bit of draft review today we're going to do a little bit of analysis of game week one we're going to make some ridiculously early overhyped game week one takes that are clearly going to come true over the rest of the season let's start with the biggest takeaway from game week one it's bats year and let me tell you why miller because erling Haaland is quite frankly just huge He's, he's, a, a big... he's a cheat code, isn't he, basically? Yeah, he, he's a big boy. He bullied that West Ham defence. He's so quick. And... I could not believe his acceleration. I thought it was a joke that, like, again, had to be sad. But on FIFA, I think they put his like, speed up to like 90, wasn't it? And I was like, probably not. He's too big for that. But you know what? What do I know? It was that front post header the one where he kind of like curves his run around and then took like three huge strides and was just suddenly ahead of Kurt Zuma. And I think he did head her over the bar, but it was still, still, you know, wow. Um, Cat-like reflexes and that really pissed off Zuma. Stats on the big man, five shots in the box, four of them were big chances. Admittedly, he did have a penalty. So XG of 1.52, maybe to be taken with a little bit of a pinch of salt. But obviously the big number, two goals, 13 points, 26 for Bats captain. If he stays fit, at least 30 goals? Like, don't you think? Yeah, top, top, uh, top goal scorer, golden boot winner. Absolutely. Um, it's scary. Monster. And, uh, you know, West Ham aren't the easiest team in the league either. Teams will certainly struggle against them. So to make them look so ordinary, I fear for teams like not only Forest or Fulham, for example, uh, where he might bag a hat-trick each time. Well, they've got Bournemouth next, so... Um, <laughs> R.I.P. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. It's a... Uh, Barker. Can't wait for that Park Life remix. I am already regretting not taking <laughs> Arland and taking Kane instead. Who has who gets to play bat this week? It's Johnny 
so this is this is fascinating um sort of as you were fourth in the draft you did pick kane over Hallen. can you mm. or Hallen, sorry can you explain to me your thought process over why safe pick like that's pretty much safe. it Harland, that, well, the whole the whole thing was that Pep said to Haaland, because Haaland was very keen on La Liga because he thought it was less physically demanding, was we'll just rest you when, when you need to be rested and whatnot. So there is obviously that caveat with Haaland going in. And like we've just talked about, he is a physical specimen. Those sorts of players do pick up more injuries. It, it just happens. Then you've got Pep Roulette to take into it as well, although you'd think he'd probably be him and De Bruyne would probably be the two players that are slightly immune to it. You know, if if he only plays 20, let's say he plays 28 games, 29 games, because when the Champions League knockout rounds roll around, he's probably not going to play a lot down the end of the season, is he? So let's say he plays even 30 games and he gets just over a goal a game. That's like 34 goals. But then you're going to have some weeks of Zero. I don't know. It's difficult to say. Oh, 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 we've got a live one. We've got a live one. I've got a trade. I've got a trade. Yes, the trade ball is rolling. Oh, oh excellent. Yeah? Can you give us an exclusive? Well, I'm, I'll post it and then uh, we'll do live reactions. I'll actually see if I can get him to post it. Oh, I might, I might have, I might have two trades done as well i'm uh really looking to get the ball rolling oh, i wonder if i wonder if i uh send a little chaser message about the second trade if i can get it done before the end of the recording spinning webs once again some things never change look i i've i've sent a lot of messages around already that i am keen to get the trade ball rolling this year we we are not getting enough trades done in this league i want to bring trading back oh i think you got bowler i think you've managed to mold the simple mind that is adam bowler <laughs> with that little that. 10 pound speech i mean it's a it's a pretty fair and nothing trade to be honest but it's so just you're, yeah. you're not denying you're not denying it then it's just uh wait and see Bowler, bowler might be one of them, yes. I'm trying <laughs> of to, course, Bowler's one of them. I'm trying to remember. We changed it to uh, you post here we go afterwards, didn't we? Yeah. All right. Well, that will come through in a little bit, and I'll I'll get my here we go ready to send. Oh, where were we? We were talking about bat. I also think that Martinelli is going to be Arsenal top Arsenal's top scorer this season. I don't I, disagree with you. I think he's going to be amongst it. Of uh, goal opportunities, uh, just goal involvement. Yeah, there he is, as I predicted. Right in queue. Now, so that's a nothing trade. I know it's a nothing trade, but I just wanted to get the ball rolling, you know? Exclusive for everyone on this podcast, but it'll be in the future. So this is technically in the past. Well, well I mean, they'll have all seen it live. That's why I say it's technically <laughs> yeah. in the past. Technically in the past, but just in case you're someone like, Steph or Rich, who's probably had to check the phone, but got on mute. Uh, a trade has occurred. And it's Ryan Sessignon for Diego Della. A nothing trade. A like for like. It's not a nothing trade. It's a nothing trade. It's something yeah, sorry. Right. It's a pretty nothing trade. Not to shit on your first pick of Jesus, but just can, based can, on that. Can I give 
Can I give you a context to All the right. to the German uh, midwife listeners? All right, yeah, sure. I went ninth for the pick, and it was absolute bullshit. Excuse my French, but I did not come dead last in the go karting. I'm a very good driver, and I've been playing a lot of Formula One. So I saw those lines and they had to take the corner. Unfortunately, I was stuck behind bowler and I couldn't ever get round him. I just think it's bullshit. I think it was um I just don't think it was fair. But anyway, we move. We move. I'm not yeah. no regret. No regret. And um I think Jesus was a very good pick given the position I was in. Well, you would say that because you picked him and you know you don't wanna you don't wanna like admit you done wrong this early I, towards. I, you're I like die on this hill. But the, here's the thing: you have traditionally been quite um, a. Um, I'm trying to think of a nice word for bad, but it's not coming. So I'm just going to say a bad <laughs> drafter. But your mid-season pickups tend to make up for it, and the, as as you like to say, last season it's a marathon, not a sprint. Or was that me? I don't know. It's been so that was long. Me. We're back. <laughs> We're back, baby. We're back. I had two saves and it served me well. I looked at the playoffs, everyone, in case you were interested, not that you asked. Uh, I did lose to the eventual winner, which we won't name him on here because we will burst in the flames. It was play the man and it's a marathon, not a sprint. And I still stick to all of those philosophies. Yeah. Yeah. I don't disagree with 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 that. I just think that Jesus... Um, just based on that first game alone, man, he spent barely any time in the box. But Arsenal still looked good for at least 45 minutes. Given who was left on the board, how would you have played ninth? Not if you want to put, Oh, that's easy to say that. You don't give me an answer. You can't put me under the microscope, criticise me and not give me an answer. Let me have a little look. We always said, we said, and it was unanimous throughout the whole draft weekend, that, you know, the top six picks were obvious. Well, do you know what? I think with hindsight, you did Kul- Kulisevsky, Robertson. No, Kulisevsky, no way. I'd be eating alive if I picked him first. Madison. No, you're talking bollocks now. Don't, get me, don't get me wrong, ninth and tenth are like, so obviously we were all like, oh, if you can get a top, five pick you'd be very you'd be very happy like you there was a there was a clear like top tier of five players it might even top, have been six. Top six yeah top six and then Nunez Sterling both both feel pretty strong to me mm-hmm. just looking at that first round you've got it just just after that top six and then you get to Nunez and Sterling fine as well like definitely not in the top tier but just outside of it and then jesus feels like such a drop down that's that's what it is just for context for those german midwives uh salah went first then it was kdb oh, sorry i didn't realize it was midwives i thought you were saying fishwives fishwives midwives. not that makes it any no judgment any um well we got a bit of following uh, it's dutch as well so the dutch and german midwives listening yeah it was it, it was, was I don't know it was, if it was specifically midwives. I know we were in parenting. Oh yeah, big uh, big news. We are no longer in the parenting category. We on Spotify now. We should officially be in the fantasy sports category. Big news here. You heard it first. At also, also, also big news. We're still waiting for our first official sponsor. So uh, do reach out. <laughs> we're, t- we're literally taking anyone at the moment. Not anyone, but most things, yeah. It went Salah, KDB, Son, Kane, Halland, Trent Alexander-Arnold, 
Nunez, Sterling, Gabriel Jesus, great fucking look. And then Robertson. Yeah. Not not the strongest 10 I think you've ever seen on a draft board. I think even last season you had a more obvious thought you'd be happy on the first pick, even if you were eighth, ninth. I don't, I don't know, because Son wasn't a top three pick, top four pick last year. I mean, I don't know, he probably was, to be he honest. We're, we're missing a Bamiang and Mar- <laughs> <laughs> oh, this is sorry. This is the second year in a row you've picked an Arsenal forward. <laughs> Do you think Jesus will get more points than a Bamiang? Yeah, probably, but not by much. <laughs> <laughs> You're so fucked. <laughs> so we've got we've got off we've got off topic. Talk about the first round. We'll we'll come back to the first round. But we were we were extolling Bat's virtues. Maybe maybe we stop actually because I quite like the rest of his team too. But I also think that I might want to trade for them. So maybe maybe we don't talk about them too much. Maybe we will talk about somebody else that also had a pretty good first round pick that whose first round pick has maybe exceeded expectations on the first game week of the season. And that's Steph's pick of Darwin Nunes at number seven. That was a bit of a, there was a little bit of debate around it at the weekend. Like there was a few people that were umming and ahhing about it. And I think the thing was that people thought he wasn't going to start the season. And that proved to be right. He didn't start. Firmino started. And then he came off the bench and picked up a goal and assist in 40 minutes. He was on the end of everything. I think if he continues like that, strong case to be a set and forget captain for the rest of the season what do you think yeah um i think nunez as we all know for strikers who have in their first season i thought we brought up hallen as well it's going to take some time to climatize he may not be the first choice striker for a couple of open games but he will settle and he, i think he'll get the nod but strong showing from the bench he must be happy with that. And looking at his team, you know, there was quite a balanced team performance there. I think he got a clean sheet from Diaz, White and Azabagueta all racking up points. It's just a shame he came up against a very strong Johnny side, but I digress. We'll get into game with one a little bit later, but they're pretty solid. I think I would say an unexpectedly solid Johnny side. Don't, don't expect Johnny to maybe get off to such a strong start, but it was um, pretty good from him as well. One, one thing we can guarantee is that team is going to pretty much stay the same throughout the whole this <laughs> season. And we've got a World Cup in December, uh, November, December. So, yeah, it, it, when those injuries and uh, suspensions kick in and the transfers, yeah, it'll still be this side. But uh, give it to Johnny, game week one. All is. Yeah, no, I think he's going to be a bit more involved to, to, for the beginning of the season. And uh, we'll, we'll see how long it goes on for. I'm certainly going to try and trade with everyone this year. So I can tell you that his lineup will change at least once. Or his squad list will, anyway. I think the best story to come out again week one, though, is Richard absolutely stomping Joe into dirt via a Zinchenko 12-pointer to go top of the table in his debut season. It was a very odd uh, way to draft because he technically did vicariously through yourself. Yeah. Um, it wasn't quite last year with Peel's team where you, a bowler just decided then and there, what would a Peel pick be? So hats off to him for the effort. Yeah, I mean, uh, I said to Rich, if you can get like 40-ish players down on the thing, I think that's a good start to go from there. And 
Yeah, to be fair, Rich, first of all, nice to meet you. Welcome to the uh, the league. Uh, I'm the one which you you have to beat the season. If you look at my team, uh, I am the one with quality as well. And uh, yeah, but I'll show you the ropes, mate. I used to be new here as well, uh, but I digress once again. Uh, we all laughed at your teammate, to be honest with you. We all looked at that and went easy, easily the worst team. But um, I'm did just eat my words already. Well, Nichols and I did. And that means everyone really, doesn't it? Because we're the okay. biggest personalities. Oh, but I'm, ju- I'm just saying, I'm just saying, Rich, I probably will live to eat my words because your team actually performed very well and I could continue on to the season. But again, we're overhyping because it's the first game week and we think we know everything. Obviously, it was a shorter list that we were given to take picks from. And that means that certain players are going to end up higher, going higher than they probably should have gone. Zinchenko being one of them. But it's uh, it's worked out pretty and, well. And Dyer. I think I think I just selected Dyer. If I'm honest. Oh, did you? Yeah. Ah, uh, I thought I thought Dyer went a bit early. I, I, I you might have done, your intuition there kicked in. No, I I think his list was exhausted. Um, pretty early Gund- doors. Gundogan, Gundogan. Um, oh no, maybe Dyer was on his list actually because I think Alonso was on his list and we took him as well. You might want to get rid of Alonso now, as because I think he's off. The thing with Zinchenko is, um, was to start the season, is he going to play left-back? Is he going to play central midfield? And he played left-back, he looked really good. And Xhaka just, I don't know what he's still doing in that team. He's such a liability. And I think that when Tierney's up to full fitness, it's going to be Tierney at left-back and Zinchenko's going to be in midfield. And then you've got a defender playing in midfield for the rest of the season. And suddenly it's like, yeah, he should have gone that high. Good pick. Mm-hmm. Good pick. He'll prove his worth eventually. Yeah. I think he could be the dark horse for top defender pick. Like, I don't, I don't think he's gonna, you know, hit Trent numbers, but I think he could be up there in the top five by the end of the season if Saliba continues to look really good and Arsenal are a little less Arsenal-like over the next few fixtures. Do you know what I mean? I don't want to know what you mean. You know exactly what I mean. The very typical Arsenal. You, you you can look good in some phases of play going forward, but at the back, you're atrocious. But you look better. So I'm, this is me trying to give you a compliment, like Arsenal I'm trusting, fans. I'm trusting the process, mate. You're also like pu- pushing your chest out, like getting really uppity that I'm coming after your team. It's all right. I am. I am. Defensive stance. Do you want to talk about your team? Is in my draft team or Newcastle? Always your draft team, never Newcastle. What, like, what in particular? Well, your approach to it and how you always do seem to come away with a very balanced, uh, unanimously considered good team. Very nice of you to say. Yeah, you just make good, you just make good picks, man. <laughs> That's like the way to do it. You just pick good players and then you come away with a good draft. <laughs> Teach me. I can't grasshopper. <laughs> I, I'm really pissed off that you ended up higher than me on the draft order and you didn't even do go kind. But the difference points at the end between you and me was one because 
I came last. Little, uh, little um, discrepancies about that, to be honest. I was told that any event I couldn't take part in because of my back injury, I would be either given someone to go for me or get like an average score. And instead, I got one point out of the 10. So I was like, well, I guess I'm just going to have to um, crush everybody at everything else then. And I, I got pretty close. did. Your I got, I got four. skills. Basketball skills were good. I think the ski ball uh, skills are good as no, well. I think it was the axe throwing that yeah. I came top on. If anyone wants to hear me complain about the axe throwing, um, go to my separate channel, Milliking Planes, and uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll walk you through it. It's a doozy. <laughs> and there's like an episode like three times a day. It's fucking so full of content. about <laughs> <laughs> traffic and uh, Arsenal. I think I'll just quickly run through a couple of my other takeaways that aren't that don't really need a lot of analysis that are just like Salah is Salah at the end of the day he was pretty quiet for the entire game didn't really look like he was doing very much and then suddenly got a goal and assist and so Aaron's probably a lock for the playoffs <laughs> like that kind of just we'll we'll get on to more of like people's teams in general later on but just Salah's just still Salah, if anybody wasn't sure about that. And, wow, Manchester United are really bad. (laughs) I know that Ten Hag hasn't been in charge for very long, and he is a quite tactically complex manager, and that's going to take some time to learn. And when you don't have the players that fit that system, it's also going to take even longer. Uh, uh, But they were it was such a stark comparison compared to Brighton. I did not realise that Steve McLaren was back at United. Yeah, he's assistant manager or coach. But I didn't realise also that Steve McLaren had Ten Hag as his assistant manager when he was at was it FC20. Oh, I didn't know that. I think that's the arrangement. So it's almost like a, you know, the old switcheroo, the old reverse Uno card. Yeah, I think I think the whole thing is that Man United are really big on having someone with a connection to the club because they've done so well over the last 10 years and they want to keep that thing that's working out really well for them going. But yeah, I don't really get it. I, obviously, Brighton are very well drilled under Potter and it was a stark comparison. But when we know that United are going to be not great going into the season... Why would you draft Jaden Sancho in the second round? I just don't uh, get it. Part of his old regime, which worked so well for him. A cuck. We don't really stop. Adam Bowler, who took Jaden Sancho in the first round last year, took him in the second round this year. And we were all baffled at the weekend nobody knows if it's actually sunk in for him yet and we do see sometimes a bit of a trend of managers drafting the same players like Nichols likes to have Chris Wood for his influence in the dressing room and quite likes having James Ward-Prowse Johnny's taken Harrison for I think the third year in a row and again that's fine the major difference is these players are late round picks no one's doing that in the first three rounds. Bowler, it is not the time for sentimentality. I don't have a lot more to say on that because I know you're already stewing in it. You're on a beach somewhere having a massage, thinking about how how the hell did I pick Jaden Sancho again? 
you, you look at the the choices he could have gone with before as well. It's wild. I, 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 all I can say is that I think he might have a lawsuit on the go-kart in place just because his helmet wasn't on right. Because that's the only conclusion I can come to why he picked him. Or he panicked. I, I think he got very close to the, the two-minute time where we allow ourselves to make a pick. I don't think it was a panic, though. I think he's just in love with him. I think he really wanted him to go to Liverpool at one point, and then he didn't, and now he is. And he's going to have the same thing with Bellingham when he goes to Manchester United next year as well. Be fair, Bowler, I will feel your pain with the United picks. I had Bruno and I got Martial as well. So I might have bet on the wrong horse there, but time will tell. Again, it's only game week one. Why are we, why are we pretending we know how this is going to go? <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fair. So, so next, let's make some, because we have a huge swath of knowledge about what's about to happen, let's make some incredibly super early predictions following Landish, game week one. Say. Yeah, yeah, let's do it. Yeah, let's get into it. And let's start off with the big piece of information that everybody wants to know, the one that all the fans listen in for. Who's got the worst team following game week one? So we're saying who has the worst team following game week one, not the worst team drafted? Yeah, it's following game week one. Because there, you're right, at, at the weekend, there was some talk that it was Rich. There was some talk that it was Steph, I think, and Bowler. Our, our commissioner as well. Yeah, Joe, massively. <laughs> that, that, that trend might continue. Um, that might be where my line of questioning is going. And yourself. Hey, watch that dirty mouth out. Well, my my thoughts following game week one are that although I think the majority of Bowler's team is pretty terrible, I think Son is going to be so good this year. I think he's going to be up there with Salah again for like top point scorer. I think he's going to be huge. And I think that'll keep him afloat for the season, to be honest. And that's the benefit of getting a top six pick as we talked about and hopefully Kane will do that for me the analogy Bowler and I had on the draft weekend was that Son is basically a stay at home mum with five kids and works three jobs yeah just to kind of give you how, uh, an idea of how much Son's gonna work to help Bowler's team and keep them afloat <laughs> oh right I see yeah, yeah okay I'm with you now all right well the issue is that your team and Joe's team don't have anybody that can, you know, take on that workload, can they? Communism, bitch. So then it comes down to, is the strength of your overall team good enough? And it is difficult to say yes to that. You've got some good assets, but nothing that's like jumping off the page. That no, no, Nobody that anybody's going to make a blockbuster offer for, let's put it that way. Is but, this why you call me into this? <laughs> is this an intervention? Hold on, hold on. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. It's gonna turn in a second. It's gonna turn. Oh, okay. What, what I thought looked close between you two before the game week started, Joe is definitely in this race, jumping the first hurdle, well out in front, in in terms of having the worst team. No starting forwards this weekend gone. 
fielded 10 men, obviously refused to name Emil Smith Rowe on the, the lineup, which is fine. He wasn't, I don't, did he come on? I think he did come on actually. So it would have gotten him an extra point, not that it would have made a difference. The only saving grace for me that Joe has is that he's gone big at the back again. And his defense plus Kulisevsky could just about keep him relevant. But I think it's a big ask at this stage. Now, obviously, as we already discussed, there's a lot more to it than just drafting well, which you'll you'll see I, I marked out. It's just a little note for you, but I'll let everybody know, which I said is a good 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 thing for yourself. Thank you. And I will like if I'm backing people to steer clear of the Titus, I probably would back Joe to steer clear of the Titus, just based on years spent in the league. In his DNA. But maybe the burden of leadership is going to prove too much this season. We did see a big drop-off from Bowler. It, well, he couldn't handle it. He could barely multitask as it is. So imagine picking a team and also running a league at the same time. It, you know, it's, it's something you can um, attest to yourself. Well, I mean, I made the playoffs consistently every year. Yeah, you didn't win it, did you? Didn't win it. It's not about winning it. It's, it's about being involved. I can, tell, I can tell you, as a previous winner myself, it's... Uh, <laughs> you it, are not a previous There's no better winner. feeling. As a previous winner myself, there is no better feeling in this world than where's having your, either trophy. Where's your trophy then? Where's your medal? Where's well, your trophy, championship ring? It's no longer with me. I've had to give it back, as per the rules. Uh, well, see, if you're a real champion, you'd know that those are just the rules that we tell people that aren't the champions. Everybody's got a trophy at home that's won it. Mate, I guess that's what people say when they're looking up constantly. So who do you think has got worst team? I've, I've said that I thought you two were pretty close. Joe's jumped out to the lead. Do you think Joe? Do you think somebody else is in there? Yeah, to give you a kind of boring answer, it's definitely Joe, and that's not because I can't stand the man. It's just that it generally is on paper the worst team. You know, If you were to take that to anyone who had a slight bit of knowledge about football and go, what do you think of this team? They'll probably just answer why. I, I don't get the strategy. I think it was a bit nihilistic because he got 10th pick again and thought, what do I have left to prove? Like, let's just do it for the, the bants. He's even toyed with taking Edison Allison, didn't he? For his first uh, whip round picks. I didn't, I didn't hear that. That would have I would have. I would have really liked to have seen that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just no one really, as you said before, kind of like can carry the team like a Son Camper bowler. Well, he, he'll be listening to this being like, Kulisevsky massively outscored Son, but the the issue is, is out of the front three, it feels like Kulisevsky would be the most prone to rotation, even though he's performing really well. And he does look really good. But Son, I think, just looks better. It is it's fascinating to see where people put their efforts in the first four or five picks, which really count in terms of what um, quota they're filling per position. Because I went for strikers mainly, knowing that they're quite a premium and still are like last season. So yes, I know Jimenez is injured uh, and Martial perhaps may not start because of the whole uh, Ronaldo now staying. And now I talk about it out loud, perhaps I could be in the Titus. But <laughs> calm down, calm down, calm down. You're okay. I will, You're okay. <laughs> I will, I will keep going <laughs> to the end because this is all I have. Um, but yeah, Bigdall did not pick up anyone really who's going to start or make a difference. Um, yeah, right, it's going to be all his defence. Looking right now at the spreadsheet, which i got open in front of me, you even got to say bowlers, strikers, really are non-existent. Uh, no big names at all. No one is going to help him really in that department. Firmino will definitely be dropped by game week five for Nunes. 
And Katia is a impact striker. And apart from that, you know, maybe even Aaron's strikers aren't the best pickups. So I, I yet to see what happens with West Ham. Ooh, and their striker. I, don't, I don't know. I, I like Skamaka and Bamford. I, I think those two could be good. I don't know if Bamford is potent enough anymore. I don't know. He's been out for so long and he's, you know, you, you may scoff at that, but, you know, I, I, I live to be proven. I can uh, hear Aaron like screaming like he's a Leeds fan he's a Leeds fan of course he's going to scream at that bats up in arms as well Aaron you know I'm your biggest fan I'm I'm your I am your Robin okay and I'm always going to support you it's your season believe me I'm (laughs) rude of you but I'm just saying I don't think (laughs) I don't think you picked maybe the strongest strikers which were possible on the board at the time but that's for discussion when I come around next and service you (laughs) (laughs) So we're we're all pretty set. Joe's after game week one. We're not saying that for the rest of the season, Joe. There's no need to get like send me a bunch of aggressive messages, stab me with a knife, the usual stuff, set fire. You know, just after game week one, it's, it's doesn't look amazing. Let's let's flip it now. Let's look at the playoff contenders. We've yeah. already discussed. Well. I've already gushed over Matthew's team. His quality of mid-season pickups has drastically improved over the last few years, it's safe to say. He does go dormant for about two, three weeks, but then he picks up the ones that matter, doesn't it? He comes yeah. alive. He gets inspired by someone almost. I think I think he had the Conor Gallagher pickup last mm-hmm. year, and he had a bunch of others as well that I liked. And I remember having my little sort of like squad that isn't in my squad of players that I like to be able to pick up over the season and one by one back kept picking them up and I was getting really fucked off. So you Trossard basically. Yeah. I think he did I think he did take my trust. I thought he did, I think, he did take Trossard. Didn't he? I think he did take my trust. My Trossard. It's very important to say that my Trossard. And and your Trossard is now currently actually in his team was drafted. Yeah. But that's fine. I didn't want him this year. It's yeah. Aaron is probably pretty uh, safe just, for the playoffs. Just because of Salah. And that, that just speaks volume of what it means to get the first pick. But that's part of why he maybe doesn't have as good of forwards as you were saying previously. You know, I mean, so I, you I, admit I still, it. You well, admit it. Interesting. Well, no, because I think where he got Bamford was actually pretty good. And just off of that first game, Antonio was down clutching his hamstring like three times. So it's it's very easy to forget how injury-prone Antonio is. So I don't think it will take too long for Skamaka to take his place. And then I think West Ham are selling Vlasic and Ben Rama. I kind of feel bad about that for Richard. You're going to have to get rid of Ben Rama as well as Alonso because it looks like he's off. So I, I could see Skamaka and Antonio up front together. I could see Skamaka up front with Antonio and Bowen on either side of him. I think you don't spend 30, 40 million as West Ham if they're not going to start for you. Look, I, I live to be proven wrong. It's not my family pressed. Do you, do you have uh, any other selections for the playoffs? No, I, I'm... I've grown to respect Nichols a bit more now. Um, he does, he does play. He does get involved. He is alert, as opposed um, to the disdain that you've held for him until now. 
do you know what? No offense, Nick, because you just really weren't on my radar. It's like, oh yeah, he is in the league. Like he's a nice guy. It's just like a. So you think his team's good? Uh, yeah. Uh, you, you know what? There are some the picks are questionable, but there are also some picks you think. Do you know what? Fair enough. They're actually going to be in your team for the the whole duration of the season, mm. and are going to contribute. You know, you got Chilwell in there. I think Manteep's a good pickup. He, you know, he seems to be the chosen centre back for Liverpool alongside Van Dijk. Yeah, Canate is um, injured as well, so that makes life a little easier. It it does. Uh, KDB obviously. Uh, War Prowse got a goal, and he always plays. He's captain of Southampton. He'll play, obviously. Uh, Sinestra, is that what he say? Yeah, it didn't play, but didn't play. But you know, again, go back to your analogy of West Ham and Skamaka. You don't spend that money on a player and not play him. I've got some Leeds players to talk about later on when we talk about some of the sleeper picks of this draft. I actually don't know where Sinestera get. I don't know if it's Sinestera, Sinestra, whatever. Sinestera. I I don't know quite how to get him into the team because Harrison looked really, really good. Aronson looked really good. I thought Rodrigo looked good, if a little greedy. And Bamford's, you know? I, I, yeah, so I don't, I don't quite know where he fits in. I think it might take him... I think he might be one of these players that's stuck on the bench out of other players performing rather than a lack of quality on his own part. I guess we'll have to stay tuned, folks, and find out. What, what do you think to... It's Steph's, it's Steph's sophomore season, it's Richard's rookie season. Do you think either of those two can make an early either career playoff push? How long, Rich, how, long, think, how long did it take you to get into the playoffs for the first time? My first season when I won it. No. No, but when you when you had your own team. Yes, it was uh, my... It's like, it's like four my, years. My, my third year, technically. Okay, third year. Not so, for yeah. lack of trying. So you, very you think... Yeah, yeah, very unlucky. Um, <laughs> that's what it was. So you think Rich has got a chance? Yeah, I like. I think Rich. Again, what do we know after game week one? Getting ahead of ourselves, but I just think he's got actually the foundation of a very solid team. Which uh, no, no, we're we're nailing these predictions. We're we're like staking them in the ground, man. Oh, like, I, oh we're, I'm going to replay this in like seven or eight podcasts time to be like either look how wrong he was or look how right he was. Excellent. I can't wait to relive my former self being so right whatever happens it will fit whatever narrative we're trying to tell at the time don't you excellent. worry excellent i can't <laughs> wait i'll put a lot of things in here then just in case some don't make it are yeah. relevant yeah i think you look, you look at rich's team uh, and actually you go to be fair you know especially if ronaldo comes through and he stays which looks like he will you know he's going to be in there amongst goals contributing to united uh georgina a good one as well i just think they're going to always creep up with points i think we both spoke about it how involved Gundogan was in the Man City game. It looked good. Sterling um, amount. Good players are always going to play for Chelsea and Chelsea will be up there in the top four, I reckon. I, I just think I like to look at his team. Will it be playoff? I don't know because you can't just leave a team to coast by itself. You do have to have some involvement. It's his rookie season. There's a bit of confusion probably. You might forget about it. You know, I know what it was like when I first joined. Maybe not fully amongst it if you're not really part of the group yet. But come on, Rich. I believe in you. Prove me wrong. Mm. Get in there. And for Steph, I think Steph had a tough old first season, baptism by fire rather. But you know, he's, I think he's going to be involved. I think he already said because of the nature of his work, he's going to be obviously Christmas time. He won't be around uh, as much on the phone to pick up stuff up. So let's hope he gets points even side of Christmas to really mm. help his team maybe 
Steve, I think Steph will be mid-table. I don't think it'll be playoffs, but I reckon Steph will probably have a better season than last. I'm, so you, I'm, if you're saying I'm, Steph mid-table, Joe and Johnny, saying, you think Joe and Johnny in the bottom? I two? want that. I Ooh. want Joe and Johnny. I want uh, Joe and Johnny. I think Joe wants that as well. He wanted that last year. See, I think Johnny's got a decent team. That's fine, but he's the manager goes missing. His assistant manager has to come. Yeah, that that is so. That's obviously the bit that has newer players struggle a little bit is the being active over the entirety of the season and, you know, jumping on players. And because everybody, and I'll say this, uh, I certainly feel this now, like the, the standard has definitely arisen in terms of pickups because I can't, like I said earlier, I can't have a list of like five midfielders that I'd be very happy to pick up any one of them now because Fucking bat takes them all. It's frustrating. Like, I would prefer bat to be taking, you know, like Nicolas Pepe and stuff, uh, like these sorts of players again. You know, that would make me much happier. Like, even uh, fucking Almiron. I was like, oh, Almiron had a good little game. Maybe I'll pick him up. Uh, you know, he's not not great. Technically, he's still pretty now. But he was all over the place, looked really lively. And then I looked at this squad list and saw bat pattern. Just I, I, I tell you what has changed. How a true cucking. A, a true cucking. How active and how this has changed over the years. I think you may be one of the trendsetters, you and Joe, for this, but as soon as the first game kicks off, how quick people in the chat to make the pickups for the next uh, game week. Everyone's on it a bit more now. Everyone realises why. I know the people I could drop, the rotation players, and they're very aware on the ball. And I think that is a testament to uh, the involvement levels now of this league well the, th- the thing was you used to be able to i felt that i could do that every single week and the players that i dropped probably wouldn't be picked up but now it's very much of a if you do those moves you've got to be willing to know that those players you've dropped you might not get back yeah because you drop them and they're gone and i felt that was a good idea i dropped him a bit drafted and then dropped him and nicholas picked him up without even a, a second to think about it should we should we give a little exclusive on Wendy in this group that someone yes, some yes, some some somebody didn't update the squad list after picking up Wendy, which means technically he's still a free player. So if anybody wants him, I don't know why he would, but if anybody wants him, you know, he's he's available for the taking. Not that we're gonna do this for every time that happens, but it was just such an early doors one where we thought thought we'd just jump on it. I we think want to keep you coming back incentives, isn't it? Yeah, incentive incentives to come back. Come here for, for little bits of information. So I think we, we briefly touched on it when we were talking about um Harrison just a second ago. Let's jump into best sleeper picks. Remember, mm-hmm. this is all to be taken with a pinch of salt, super early takes. Super early takes. What do we know? So I've got a few. I've got four, and we've, I think we've mentioned, well, I think I've mentioned at least three of them. Rodrigo, you'll be happy to know. 13th pick for yourself. Thank you. Thank early you return. Much. It's very easy to forget that he was Spain's starting striker for like two years. Not, not that long. I don't actually think he was at any of the tournaments that they won. But still, yeah, it was a good achievement. And he looked sort of like, a little bit hungrier to actually get some goals, which I thought was decent. And I actually was quite surprised at how good I thought Leeds looked, which carries on into my next one. Brendan Aronson, 10th round pick for Bat. 
looked really lively. He was always getting on the ball, was always pushing it forward. He had an assist stolen from him due to FPL rules, because I think it was originally given as a goal for someone, and then it was given as an own goal, I think, for my boy, Ryan Knight Nori. That was wonderful. Um, I think he was, I think Aronson was on corners as well, which I wasn't expecting. That was pretty good. But as uh, as I started writing this sort of info down, I was like, this is too many Leeds players already Absolutely. for sleeper picks. So the next one, and I'm frustrated about this one, especially, you know, following the first week, because yeah. I was between Solanke and Mitrovic for Johnny in the ninth round. I don't think I've seen him play better in that one game. And I know that's, again, it's really early, but he just looked, he he drew a penalty out of Van Dyke. Van Dyke, who's never normally out of position, is very good at tackles. Again, probably getting up to fitness and whatnot, but still. And his, his movement was just really good. He was really good in the air. I was going to include Andreas, your Andreas Pereira pick on this list. But because I'd already given you Rodrigo, I wasn't going to give you two. Oh come on! I thought I thought I thought I think him and Pereira can rack up some points this season if he's got all of those like silly tackles and elbows and whatnot out of this game. I think he could have a good season. And then issues. Yeah, and that was the thing with Mitrovic. It would be he would get you so many one pointers because if he wasn't scoring, if he wasn't involved in the game he was getting a yellow card because Fulham are a promoted team. You do expect them to, even though they did very well in that first game, you do expect them as the season goes on to get further and further behind the other teams and not be able to hold up in some games as well. And that's when Mitro starts to lose it a little bit. Yeah. So I'm kind of hoping that happens. It's still like he looks like a better pick, but probably not. And then, Gundogan in the 11th round for Rich. If Bernardo Silva's actually going to Barcelona, he'll be even better. But I think he might have just, he might be the starting central midfielder alongside De Bruyne now. And the little change in style that City have done, I think he's going to be even further forward. And I think he could have a good year. Agreed. No, yeah. Um, all fair assessments there. And I agree with most of them. Any additions? Uh, no, again, I, I don't want to get carried away with game week one because we all... We That's what we're doing. Get carried away. Get hyped. I'm trying to stay grounded. It's Why? Hyped. We look forward to the first game week of the season. We invest so much time and effort into our selections and, and getting it right. And it's when the enthusiasm is the most because it's, it's a marathon, Ian. How many times? It's a marathon. But if I had to go off game week one in the draft, which we you have do. to do because we need to make content. We have to make content. I get that. I'm, <laughs> I'm all for it. I, I'll go through a few little mm, ones. Maybe people will like to go, well, you don't know what you're talking about. And here's a fun fact. I don't. I'll, ta- I'll, I'll, I'll say that. I'm happy to. Happy to. I'm just here as a fan, really. Um, a Cascana, I think, actually, is not a bad pick by yourself. Who? Cascana? Castagne. Castagne, sorry. I'm not good. I'm not a bowler with pronunciations. I, I, <laughs> I've never said it out loud. I've never said it out loud. That's really. all right. I, I don't know Sinistera or Sinestra or however you say it, to be fair. So we, we I'll, can I'll play let, this one slides, the next one I'm going to take. We can play a drinking game. If any listeners, uh, take a drink or whatever you have every time I pronounce it, play a wrong because you're going to be very, very hydrated or drunk, whichever you're consuming. 
Castane. <laughs> is that right? <laughs> like, Castagne. I think Castagne is right because I think he was off last season quite a bit because of injury. And then uh, I think he was outshone by was it James Justin and uh, Thomas as well. Never quite got back, but I just think he's going to be in the plans a lot and they're playing still far at the back. Mm. And he's quite a good person in the flank as well. Not, so to, he, not to shit on you further, but he wasn't actually drafted, so he can't be a sleeper pick in the draft. But Oh, damn it. Was he not? <laughs> no. Uh, well, good pickup then. Good pickup, brother. Thanks, mate. Uh, well, fair enough. I've got to think a bit more before. What else you got? Uh, I don't want to say anymore because I'm going to be ripped to absolute. Uh, I can, can I talk about ones which perhaps is the opposite end of the spectrum here, which are ones of like fooled people and maybe uh, you know, the, whole Paul, the, the whole Paul Rudd uh, gift thing of on hot ones. Like, who thought you? Not me, not me. Uh, obviously, <laughs> Leon Bailey straight away because everyone got behind him. Even at the draft, everyone was like, oh, oh, good pick, good pick when he went. Oh, mate, um, I'm still pretty in on Leon Bailey. There's a there's a long way to go in this season yet. I mean, it's game week one. You can't, like, jump on. What, what do we know? <laughs> what do we know? Um, yeah, I, uh, yeah, Leon Bailey. I think Neto's up there. But I, we talked about Neto before. You, again, it's a marathon here. And I, I think you're a fan of uh, Neto. I, do you know I, I, I like Bruno from Newcastle, but you kind of taught me out of it when you talked about how we're, where he was going to play more of a, a defensive role and perhaps won't have much return as he did for the half season he played last season. Yeah, so just because John goes out. Perhaps that's uh, why he got him in. You could drop him. I don't think many people would want to pick him up anyway. What I was <laughs> going to say with, with Bruno is you can't drop him because there was a bit of a furore when Joe picked him because Johnny desperately wanted him so i mean mm-hmm. you hold on to him and you try and get something out of johnny don't you that's what you do i suppose i will say i'm, I'm a bit confused as to i was really hoping for myself and it's a self-reflection thing and maybe something i should talk about myself alone and not on a, a podcast which reaches mainly <laughs> german and dutch fishwives yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Ariola. I, I know it's my last pick but i was convinced that he was going to be the starting goalkeeper for west ham but if i started just because they spent a lot of money on him, and I saw something about him what? being like the highest earner in West Ham as well. He's definitely not the highest earner at West Ham, and they spent like I just don't believe that. I'd like to see some facts and figures to back that up. And also, well, they only spent like 12 to 15 million on him. That's well, not a lot of money. I thought he was gonna be the number one pick, so to see that he's not. I think I think he probably will be next season or maybe like midway through the season, but Fabianski hasn't done anything wrong. I think they I think they are big fans of him. Otherwise, they wouldn't have made the loan permanent. But it's not like he's that young either. He's 29. Mm-hmm. It feels like he's been around for yonks. So. But he's never really settled anywhere, has he? Like you said, that season at Fulham. Oh, Fabian- Fabianski came off, by the way, with an injury. Yeah, I know. I know he did. I know he did. So I think he might start. But again, I thought he'd be picked first pick. I, I had a source in West Ham, not going to name names, who told me that. But he is also a saboteur. <laughs> I won't name names. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah, of your many, many sources in West Ham. Yeah, I, I was a little not surprised because I just, yeah, I just wouldn't have. I had... Specifically on my goalkeepers list, I had Fabianski and Ariola very low down simply because it was a 50-50 shot for me. But I think, you know, Fabianski's what, 36, 37? Yeah, he's just retired from Poland as well, hasn't he? Maybe he's older than that. I think he's like 38. 
Here's two, here's two picks, which both belong on Bats team. Because, I, again, I always thought they were decisive picks, especially this season, one of them. Shotter mm. and Habits, where do you sit with that? I think that Habits's returns are obviously going to be a little bit muted, given that he's not a midfielder anymore. So he loses what would be the occasional one point from clean sheet. So let's say Chelsea keep 12 clean sheets over the season. Let's go low, actually. Let's say 10. That's just straight up 10 points he's missing out on now. And then, obviously, he loses a point for every goal that he scores. So if he does get 10 goals, you're losing again another 10 points. It's weird because I thought he was going to be the furthest forward player of the three, and then Sterling and Mount were going to play off of him, but it seems like it's him and Mount behind Sterling and Sterling. I think they'll probably change that. And obviously they did move around in the game and there were points where Havertz was further forward, but for the most part, it was Sterling. But that's why he wasn't like a top, top pick. I don't know. Where did he go? Did he go third round? That's quite early still. I think he did. Yeah. Looking at the... No, he went second. second rounds. It's very early. It's tricky, especially when you've got players like, uh, well, we say that for strikers, actually. You've got, what, Vardy, Ronaldo. I think if you decide you're going for a striker at that stage, although he already had a striker. He already had Haaland. Yeah, interesting pick. Maybe he didn't know he was a forward. I don't know. He probably did. He's pretty, he's pretty on it this year. He can get away with that pick because of the rest of his team. And then Jota... I think where he got him is a good pick because he was seventh round. Lots of other players had already gone at that point. As your third striker, you don't need them to be playing week in and week out. Kind of like what we were saying about the Alvarez pickup. You don't need them to be playing every week if they're your third striker. The issue for Joe is that he was his only striker. I don't think it's going to hurt him too much. And like if he had taken Jota in the fourth round, I'd be I'd have a very different opinion. But seventh round, I think it's fine. Well, apart from shifting on bowlers team again, yeah, I, I got no more to contribute. And also, like Joe's dead in the water. What's the point of going over that again? Yeah, I mean, I mean, we we were looking at we were looking at best sleeper picks rather than. Like yeah, shifting on people's teams. I know that's your I default just, and it's what you go I, I to. I love doing it. It's so easy. <laughs> a good sleeper pick. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, I, th- uh, I think I think we could probably call it that for best sleeper picks, to be fair. Yeah, happy to move on. Yeah. Let's quickly take a, a quick gander at the game week one results. I think we all know the scores already. The big game of the week, Richard beating Joe 55 to 31 to move top of the table in the opening game week of the season. Big, big result kind of, you know, has set the tone for our Joe slander. We've got Matthew getting the highest game week score with 58 being Nichols, who got 42 again. Yeah, that's why we've been loving that. Johnny and Steph. Johnny got 57 and Steph got 51. 51 is a pretty annoying total to lose on, especially on the first game week of the season. Typically, if you get over 50 points, you're winning your game week. This is, I feel this is a pretty high scoring game week one, actually, looking at this. I'll quickly dive in. I'll quickly say the other scores. We've got Aaron, 54, beat me, 38. And you, Miller, you got 42, beating Bowler to 36. See, 42 to 36 is closer to what I expect from the opening game week of the season. I actually thought one of the things that surprised me was that pretty much everyone 
bar Joe, was actually able to get the full 11 players out. I tend to find for the start of the season that sometimes there's a couple of 10s, 9s and 8s lineups out there just where players haven't played, so-and-so's not fit, blah, 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 hasn't played when we were expecting them to. And that is maybe why the scores are a little bit higher. But again, Steph, I feel a little gutted for you, mate, losing on 51. I'd be pretty pissed off, to be honest. Especially when you do what I think everyone does, you look around of seeing who you would have been. Uh, you know, Steph, you would have won the majority of those uh, matches. Actually saying that, you would have lost three, four. No, he would have. He would have won. He was the fifth highest score of the week. So yeah, sorry, I, I tell that about. But you were, yeah, would have beaten you. Shh, it's about playing the man. But yeah, cool. yeah, 50, 58 from that. Bloody good, good effort. That's a great score. Any game week, let alone game week one. Uh, to be honest, all of those top scores, like those, the top five scores are fifty-one to fifty-eight. There's seven points in it. So to be fair, I think anybody that got over 50, you can say has had a pretty pretty good week. You can't really take anything away from any of that. So obviously we've got Richard at the top of the table, Joe's at the bottom of the table. And we've got Bat in second, Aaron in third, Johnny and Miller, fourth and fifth. And the rest of us are just I'm kind of happy. I'm happy just to have had three points on the board. It's something I can brag about and, and maybe educate you about because as we sit here, you don't quite know what it's like to get three points on the board as it stands. Yeah, I think I'm still top of the all-time league table, but sure. Thanks for that, bud. And we should say for openness' sake that the, the current Titus would be Joe and I, which would be a, a fun battle. But we're not getting carried away. We're not getting carried away. I mean, it's, it's game week one. What are you talking about? Like, why would we... Should we have a quick look at the Eva fixtures for next week? Yeah, go on, man. We are doing a podcast about that. Just very briefly, we've got Bowler versus Nichols to start things off. So it's Son versus KDB as the big boys. I think I back Nichols. Do we wanna do we wanna do quick predictions? Bowler Nichols. I'm taking Nichols. Uh yeah, absolutely. Bowler, you've hardly got a team Pussy. to rub your copying me, bitch. No, I'm not an idiot though, am I? All right. Well, it's up for debate. Yeah. Johnny versus Bat is the next one. You get to go first this time. Uh Bat, back in Bat. He's my second boy. Yeah, I'm gonna say back in Bat. No, you are oh, you so boring. Mm. <laughs> well, that that one's a little more obvious, Mother, you know. He's so boring. <laughs> so We've next up, we've got top of the table, Rich versus yourself, Alex Miller. Obviously me. I've got to back myself. Um, I'm going to play the man. Uh, Rich, you're, you're very much uh, perhaps the Fulham of this league. Or, uh, you know, well, like you had a good opening show, um, but it's just that's what it is. Game week, sort of bit of luck. Now, welcome to the big time and strap in because you're going to get a hard lesson. Oh, well, I'm taking Richard then, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I knew you would. And we've got, following that, we've got Aaron versus Steph. That's got to be Aaron for me. Salah versus Palace. Yeah, Nunes versus Palace. Yeah, no, I'm taking Aaron. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> sorry, sorry, Steph. I do like your team a lot this year, but just for this one, I'm 
gonna I'm actually what well, I mean probably a lot I'm gonna root against you this year but you know and then finally it's me versus Joe me to pick yes, yes. well I'm gonna back me because why not uh, I'll be interesting I'll go Joe yeah cool I like that it hurts that hurts so I'll be we got two differences, so I can be two nil up following this weekend. Well, I'll be two nil up, yeah. Good, good. All right, I'll be great. Right, I'm hoping well, Joe changes his team. I'm, I am hoping that he'll actually wait up <laughs> and smell the coffee. <laughs> yeah, good luck. I think that's a podcast. It's been good chatting. It's been good talk about a topic I think I have somewhat knowledge in, and you're obviously a uh, professor in all this. And let's just hope that our ratings go through the roof in Scandinavia with those midwives. Mm, mm, yes. For next week, we'll learn... I'll learn a little bit of German and you learn a little bit of Dutch and we can both say something to our German and Dutch fans at the start of the week, okay? Yeah, start of the next episode. I don't even know it. the first bit of Dutch. Anything I was going to go to was my gold member impression. That's probably a bit sketchy. And I don't yeah, know. That is, yeah, that is my, my olive skin won't get me out of it, that. It's not going to save you on that one, no. No, it won't. <laughs> As we said, any suggestions, maybe things you want us to do that we did last year, anything fun, just pop a message in the group. And we'll add them into the podcast, probably. Yeah. Probably. We will also be trying to bring you all on as guests at some point so get those calendars and schedules open baby and, and we'll get this going i think i think we'll call it there i think we'll yeah, work on your radio voice as well please yeah well i'm sure there'll be some complaints about us from this one <laughs> okay buddy well, should we leave it there yeah bye bye